1: All right, Troy, uh, I think we need to kick things off by settling an argument. I didn't do it. Uh, well, it's in my group chat. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, we're talking about Craigs. Where's Where's that coming from? I'm not sure. Hold on. We got to figure this out first. Make sure it's only my, my microphone's on.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Not in here. Okay. Every once in a while it'll fire that off.
1: AJ's here. None of those microphones are on nope. over there? Nope. Okay. No. that's not happening now anyway. All right. So let, let's uh here here's the uh, the situation here. We got my group chat. We're talking about uh it's my uh, my e or my three mall essays and they brought up on another one of the uh the KSSN podcast it's a KU podcast they said that a player by the name of Craig Young okay is in the running for defensive player of the year in the big 12 and I was like first of all I'm not sure who the heck this is so I got to go look this person up and I did give it the old goog and found out he had his first year at KU last year had 60 tackles five and a half uh make that four and a half sacks Interception, force fumble, you know, not too shabby. But I'm also like, you know, I don't, I don't know any Craig that has been good at sports. No offense to Craigs. <laughs> I mean, Craigs make great comedians, some great actors. Craig T. Nelson, he pretended to be a coach back in the day. okay, And, you yeah. know, it wasn't too bad at that. I'm a big fan of Craig Robinson, who was on The Office. Hot tub time machine. He's a funny guy. Uh, Craig, you remember Craig Ferguson? Yes. Who was on the Late Late Show? Yes. The Scotsman.
0: Uh, Underrated. Highly underrated.
1: Underrated host. Phenomenal job. He didn't need all the gimmicks like the others need. He could just go out on a
0: stage and entertain like a comedian would. He was an upgrade for that job over Craig Kilborn. Over Kil- Oh, I forgot about Craig Kilborn. Montana State grad. B-
1: but I agree. I, d- I definitely agree. Um by the way, Craig Ferguson with Robin Williams. Oh lord, is one of the best interviews I've ever heard. It is th- just perfect chemistry. Th- those two personalities coming together, perfect personality. W- I can still hear the echo. And this is bothering me. I think it's my microphone. I can hear it trying to like break out of its mm-hmm. cocoon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like peeking one eye out. All right. Well, I don't know what to do. Anyway, um, Mitch is the same way. Like people named Mitch, like we're we're okay at sports. You know, I was an exception to the uh, the rule where I should have been all NCKL, but <laughs> got the shaft on that one, unfortunately. <laughs> But no, I've never. I, I don't know this. I don't remember saying his name. Maybe it's a name I should know. Uh, 11, uh, Ten of the eleven uh, returners on defense for KU, he is uh he is one of them. Played three years at Ohio State previously ah. before coming to Kansas, but didn't really play. I mean, he did play a little bit his sophomore year. Uh oh, this is gonna bother me.
0: Try a different headset.
1: Is it, you think it's the headset?
0: I, I think it's the headset not fully hitting your ears All right. right. Cover for four seconds. Three, two. How quickly can he do this? We try and get this done. Gotta love the technical stuff.
1: Let me get rid of those.
0: Yeah. Right. How's this? Is it any better? I'm not hearing that. Hearing it anyway. All
1: right. Well, let's try to pretend we don't have an echo. Which let's just move on. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with Troy Koverdale, AJ Shaw joining us in studio as well. Learning. the uh, ones and twos on the uh, far side of the uh, studio. five three seven thirteen fifty is our number. Another busy day. It is our final day of our Big 12 previews. We are going to talk TCU football in the next segment with their play-by-play voice, Brian Estridge, and coming up in hour number two, at 510, kicking off the hour, it is a BYU preview with Mitch Harper. There's going to be a second Mitch on the show, and it's not Mitch Holtis, so we're going to welcome uh, Mitch into the Mitch club here on the game. I love Cooper Beebe to death. Great kid. <laughs>
0: Why do I know where this is going?
1: Great offense. I mean, best offensive lineman in the country. There's the, the secret's out. Best offensive lineman in the country. However, he was asked on the the Gojo show, What's your favorite restaurant in Manhattan, Kansas? I'll play the full clip for you. But what is your favorite place to eat in Manhattan, Kansas? Oh, 100% Jimmy John's. I live and die on Jimmy John's. You know, Ah. early early, early in my career, um, you know, I was probably Jimmy John's four to five times a week. You know, I've probably kept kept Jimmy John's afloat here in Manhattan despite how much business I have. Um, But I would definitely pick Jimmy John's 100%. Okay, so I'm, I'm not coming on here to bash on Jimmy John's or anything, you know. I, I just, like many other people, at 2 a.m. has tried to order Jimmy, or maybe not that late, but try to get Jimmy John's. Um, you know, it's not too bad of a late night spot, but Gojo gave Cooper B.B. all of Manhattan. Not just sub sandwiches, not just fast food restaurants. All of Manhattan. Does Cooper Beebe have an NIL deal with Jimmy John's? I don't believe so. You know, I, I just thought about that. That might have been a, a pretty good reason to bring up Jimmy John's. And how does that
0: work with beef? Is it not a beef option at Jimmy John's? Well, no, I'm just curious. Do the, have we not figured out an NIL for the uh, beef boys yet? I mean, they got their own T-shirt. I know.
1: All their uh, images are on it. I don't know about names, but their images
0: are on it. Mm -hmm. Why is the Beef Council not sponsoring? That's a good question. Jimmy John's,
1: they have French bread. Yes. The only thing I'm offended by when it comes to Jimmy John's is that they have French bread, but I can't get a good po' boy. Po' boy's not even on the menu. And, man, when it comes to sandwiches, when you think French bread, you should be thinking po' boy's. Because that is the, like, it's, it's it's basically the signature ingredient to a po' boy. Especially if you tried them down in New Orleans when you're down there for the sugar, if you're down there for the sugar bowl. Stop rubbing it I had about in. three of them. And, man, when you get that shrimp po' boy with, you got a couple of options. You can go their Cajun sauce that you can get down there, or they'll do, like, a Cajun mustard with mayonnaise. Both of them just chef's kiss. They hit perfectly. And I love a good sandwich. Po' boys, they don't miss. But I'm thinking French bread, and you can't get a po' boy. Maybe it's a cost thing. I mean, fr- uh, you know, shrimp can be expensive. I wish Qdoba had it more often. Um, anything to say on that? Do you, are you mad at Cooper Beebe for
0: having that as I'm, his favorite restaurant? No, I'm not. Um, because to each his own. There are a lot of other options, but you know, let's face but it's it. It's like <laughs> You're an offensive lineman. He's got to be a food guy. Sure, but given how many meals they eat at the training table, maybe he feels he hasn't sampled enough. Or he just has his go-to. What's your favorite sandwich restaurant? Sandwich restaurant? Fast food, whatever. I, I, I'm Long chains, small chains. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to have to. Local. Prob- well, unfortunately, there's give me a shout out. not one here. Uh, mm-hmm. But Ike's, which is a California slash Vegas thing, is tremendous. You know, we used to have a
1: Quiznos here. And I'm not saying Quiznos is my favorite, but we used to have a Quiznos that was next to Walmart. And when I first started working here, I'm going to give a shout out to Tyler Dryling. Because Tyler taught me when you're running a Royals game and you know you you've played your ID, you're into the hour and like you're not close to the end of the game. You can sneak away for 20 minutes and let just let the board run and go get Quiznos. <laughs> Quiznos has the best honey mustard, the best. And I miss Quiznos just because of that.
0: Dip in the sandwich, warm sandwich in some. Honey mustard. Now, see, my wife would argue clean about living. my my wife would argue that Wing Stops honey mustard. I didn't know they had honey ranks mustard out there. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to wings, I know you're going for the hot you, stuff. You, I know. Well, no, I'm not
1: talking about like the sauce that you get on the wings when you order. I'm talking about the dip. Mm-hmm. And it's it's ranch. I think ranch and any sort of a white condiment. Or, um, uh, I'm sorry, barbecue sauce with any sort of white condiment is
0: typically a great mix. We have to do a separate batch of strips or wings that are plain for her, given sensitivities. Oh, I got gotcha. you. And so the honey mustard is the option. Are you guys, without any
1: restrictions, typically like any sort of spicy food?
0: Uh, I'm No, um, because it will screw me up for <laughs> my sleep pattern. This guy um, and his restrictions. Um, I, I did love, by the way, and I'm going to look forward to hopefully them bringing it back next summer, the honey hot dry rub that Wingstop has had. Tremendous. How
1: about Troy giving shout-outs to Wingstop? I don't think Colin Klein owns the location anymore. <laughs> I don't think he's in on it anymore. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I, I want to also give a shout-out to uh, so, hopefully Cooper Beebe wasn't too uh, offended by our takes on his takes. Uh, We still love you, Cooper. Uh, We may have to revisit. There's no doubt about it. This is going to come up at a future press conference. Of course. And if it isn't brought up by you or somebody else, I got to bring it up. There there has to be a follow-up question to your favorite restaurant in Manhattan being Jimmy John's. Again, no offense to Jimmy John's. I'll leave it at that. Uh, K-State soccer last night, I said it yesterday on the show, if K-State has a really solid week this week, yesterday playing UTSA and then they host Creighton on Sunday, you're talking about a team that's knocking on the top 25 for the first time ever. I, I shouldn't say knocking first time ever because they've done that previously where they received votes in year number three when that team started 3-0 and and then ran into a top 20 Santa Clara team on the road and lost 2-0. Uh, Brandy Chastain was on that staff. And um but K State gets the job done yesterday with two goals scored in just thirty-seven seconds between the two by two freshmen. It was all set up by freshmen. And the cats get it against a pretty solid, like a tournament team solid UTSA program that came in last night undefeated. So K-State now has their second win. They had the one draw, which was against a top twenty-five team on the road, true road matchup at Northwestern. Dabini showing off the depth that he promised that he had this season. And guys, it's already showing. Absolutely already showing. And what a necessary thing to have, especially on a a night like last night. When it's hot outside, there is always I mean, there's typically like a hydration break in soccer. Like halfway through a half because, you know, it's hot and you're Typically the same lineup, just running out there and putting in miles and not necessarily stopping. There's not a whole lot of breaks unless there's an injury or something. No hydration breaks. They played through, and it was a warm night, not really any wind, um, and they had to rotate a lot of folks in there, a lot of gals in there. And I I don't think I saw anybody not have a great game. Second half was a bit iffy because UTSA picks up the pressure – they're pushing harder. They're attacking harder. They're more aggressive. But K-State survived every shot that UTSA had. K-State actually still finished with more shots in the second half than the Roadrunners. It's an incredibly impressive start. Just watching it in person. Just watching K-State play soccer in person. I watched every single match for the through the first five seasons calling those games. And watching that team play last night in person. It's like... it. Every aspect of the game improved. It's just a different animal. They're, they're at a different level in 2023. And Debini hinted at that at Media Day, uh, which was just a few weeks ago, that they're going to have some depth. And these young freshman players are going to step out of a
0: shell quickly and be effective. That is a really good sign. Creighton comes in for Sunday afternoon. Oh, two and one. They're off to a unexpectedly rough start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were eight four and something last year.
1: Well, they also had. Is it this year? I think was it this year? I might have to look up the schedule sk- you have it in front of you, because either last year or this year, they have started with. It's just all like Power Five teams.
0: Yeah, they out of the gate. they had an exhibition against Omaha. Then it's been Nebraska, Mizzou, and. St. Louis is the one that's not the power five team. But but St. Louis is good. Very good team.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's not an easy schedule. No. So don't take them for granted just because of their schedule. That's a one o'clock start at Boozer Family Park coming up this Sunday. And the Cats will officially be looking for the victory and their best start in program history. Let's take a break on the other side. We'll be Stopping by Fort Worth, Texas. They made it to a national championship game last year. We'll get the uh, thoughts from Brian Estridge, the play-by-play voice of the TCU Horned Frogs. What do we expect from TCU in 2023? We find out next. Troy's frustrated. We learned during the break that uh, he can't read lips. But I can't either. So not a big deal. Uh, Coming up in hour number two, we're going to bring back uh, one of my favorite segments as we get into the gambling portion of our lives. Plus a BYU preview with Mitch Harper. Really sad news yesterday to learn about the passing of Bray Wyatt, another professional wrestler passing away two in the last three days, but it's incredibly sad because he's a member of the current roster. Just 36 years old. One of the greatest minds, creative minds that is, because when you're in wrestling, you got to be creative. That's how you become popular. That's how you get over. He also had one of the best entrances I've seen in wrestling. Like cooler than The Undertaker's type of entrance with... All dark in the arena, just coming out with the lantern on. Pretty sick stuff. All right, let's get to uh, – let's go down to Fort Worth, Texas and preview the TCU Horn Frogs. We now welcome in Brian Estrich. He is the play-by-play voice of TCU. Brian, thank you so much for your time. I would like to start off with last year and what a run TCU had, even though it didn't result in a Big 12 championship or the national championship. But making it to the national championship is something very few – universities have done how special was last year
2: well yeah i think that's probably an understatement to say it was special i mean it was kind of a magical run for tcu and you know they had to have a lot of breaks they had to be lucky along the way but they also had to be pretty good and i think that you know that michigan game proved that they were uh they should have been in that final four the georgia game obviously raised a lot of questions for folks including tcu i'm not so sure the pittsburgh steelers could have beaten them on that day but uh Frogs picked a bad day to have a bad day, but uh, I don't think that uh, lessens or dampens the kind of year that they had, or the excitement uh, around the upcoming year. To be quite honest with you, I mean, uh, this is a roster that won through eighty-five now is probably better than it was last year, as far as talent is concerned. Now, will they have the same level of leadership? Will they have the same breaks that they got last year? That's to be determined. Um, but I know that they're they're working to, um, to erase that memory of the Georgia game and. You know, I guess we find out a week from tomorrow when they open up against Colorado.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it starts super interesting, right, with Coach Prime and Colorado uh, coming in for that, that Saturday ballgame, a week from Saturday. Now, you, you mentioned that this overall talent could be better than last year, but also a little bit of different leadership when it comes to coaches. You have a new offensive coordinator in Kendall Bryles. How do you feel about that hiring?
2: Yeah, and Sonny Guy's still obviously the head coach and, and uh, an offensive guy, but Kendall Brings. You know, his system to the table now. And I, I think that, uh, that's been uh, interesting for TCU folks as well. Obviously, his dad and he were at Baylor, which is a big rival for TCU for all those years. But Kendall's done a really good job of yeah, he, that to him. You know, he, he's, he's ready to go to work for TCU. And uh, I, I think this offense is going to be really dynamic. It, it's uh, it's going to look different than last year's offense did for TCU. Uh, I think it really fits the skill set of the players that TCU has now. Um, and and I, I, I'm i excited to see it. I think it really strains a defense. I think it's been good for this defense uh, to work against it here in the fall. And so all those things seem to add up. I mean, but again, it's going to be about players. And, you know, you, you got to replace a, a quarterback in Max Duggan who uh, willed this team to victory. You got to replace a first round wide receiver in Quentin Johnston, another receiver in Tay Barber and Darius Davis who are in NFL camps. You got couple of offensive linemen off that team who are in NFL camps can train Miller with the New Orleans Saints or the running back. So you've got some weapons you have to replace, uh, and scheme doesn't always cover that up, as you and I know. So you got you got to have players, and we'll find out soon enough if they've got them.
1: Yeah, the run for Max Duggan last year, his name just exploding last season. and But the thing is, he wasn't going to be the starter, obviously. He yeah, was going to be Chandler Morris, but he gets hurt in that Colorado game last year. I guess what is the expectation of Chandler Morris? Can he get to that Max Duggan level?
2: Well, I tell you, that's going to be hard to do. I mean, Max was a pretty special player and an extremely good leader. Now, Chandler may have a uh, a different skill set than Max. Uh, You know, he can make all the throws. He loves to spin the football. He, uh, you know, he's got all the different arm angles that everyone's uh, uh, spouting off now. And so, I I think in that regard, he's, uh, you know, he's he's going to bring kind of a different dimension to TCU. He's not a Physical runner like Max could be, uh, and and that's where I think this offense might suit him a little bit better. uh He's got weapons at wide receiver. The wide receiver room is as good as, as it's ever been at C C U. He's got a six seven tight end, you know, who can go up and get it. He's got a couple of three running backs, including Trey Sanders, a transfer from Alabama, who was the number one running back in the country coming out of high school eight years ago. So, you know, he's he's got that around him, uh but again, he's got to put it all together, and so. That's going to be the challenge. The good news is it's a guy who was uh, – uh, uh, off the top of my head, I think he was like 29-2 as a starter in high school, something like that. You know, at Highland Park, put up great numbers, son of a coach. So he's used to being around, around winning programs.
1: You mentioned there a couple of times that wide receiver and running back that replacing Kendry Miller and Quentin Johnston, I mean two absolute playmakers now in the NFL. Is the replacements? is that a lot of transfer portal guys –
2: yeah, there are a few of those. Trey Sanders, are running back, as we talked about from Alabama, uh, but you got two uh, homegrown, Amani Bailey and Trent Battle, who are in that running back room and, and in the mix. Uh, at, at wide receiver, uh, you, you know you return Savion Williams, who was a, a vital part of the offense uh, last year, uh, but you've added some you've added some transfers, and uh, JP Richardson from uh, Oklahoma State uh, is is one that comes to mind. Jack Bash, who's from. LSU, who is going to be a guy who comes in and makes a difference, JoJo Earl from Alabama. Uh, you know. So those are kind of plug-and-play guys, and so I think those will be immediate impact guys who have had experiences at the highest level.
1: We're previewing the TCU Horned Frogs with their play-by-play voice, Brian Estridge, here on the game. Flipping to the defensive side of the football, I didn't watch every TCU game, but I was a little surprised to see that the defense as a whole last year ranked 95th nationally and maybe you know a couple of rough performances there defensively there in the college football playoff despite a couple of pick sixes against Michigan but let's start with the pass rush because if you look at just the big 12 games TCU was just as good as anybody else tied for the best when it comes to 21 sacks in big 12 play but you're replacing your two best guys in Dylan Horton and D. Winters do we know yet who will be filling those shoes
2: yeah, and that's, that's a good question. I mean, I, you know, those, those are big, those are big shoes to fill. And I think the defensive line is going to be a real question for TCU coming in. You know, can they hold up? Can they find a couple of guys who can replace Dylan Horton? I don't think it'll be one. I'll be honest with you. I think it'll be by committee linebacker. I think is actually going to be a strength of this group. Jamoy Hodge returns. Johnny Hodges returns. Uh, Namby Obiezar, who was the safety for TCU, has moved down into that linebacker role. And the Marcel Brooks returns, who was a, uh, a player who got injured early in the year last year, so folks didn't really see him. Now, remember, you were talking about the defense and, and uh, the bad games or the poor uh, plays they had. This is a three-three-five 3 5 that's uh, predicated on keeping things in front of them. so. You would see some yardage that was given up, but their their number one responsibility was to keep guys out of the end zone. And for the most part, they did that last year uh, to the point where, you know, they allowed their offense to score more points than, uh, than the opponent 13 times. So I think that, um, you know, I, I think that was part of the scheme. I think you'll see a more aggressive scheme this year. Uh, I, I think there's a couple of uh, nuances that have been added to this group and uh, to this scheme that I think will make a difference for them. You know, last year with a new a defensive coordinator coming in, lots of new faces. On that defense, you kind of had to put it together. And it was a uh, you were sort of, as Sonny Dyke said, you were building the plane as you were flying it last year. This year, hopefully, you've got it put put together before it takes off a week from Saturday.
1: You named drop Johnny Hodges. I was a, a big fan of his last year. What did you like most about his game last year? I
2: think his leadership's probably the biggest thing, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that just you know, he he, he wills his team to win. He plays hurt, he, he you know, he's your he's your typical Navy transfer. You know, he's a, he's a, he's great in the huddle. He's a student of the game. He gets everyone else lined up. He's going to give you all he's got physically. He plays hard. Uh, you know, and so I, I think all those things sort of add. Plus, he's, a, he's he's a great kid. You know, he's fun to be around. He's fun to talk to. Uh, you know, he he uh, he brags on the offense for TCU, and so I think he got all that kind of wrapped up into one. Just a really special player that I'm 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 hoping that. Uh, could prove to folks that he could play at the next level. At this,
1: year. got a couple more for you here, Brian. As we preview TCU football in 2023, I gotta imagine with the success of last year and what this year could be. I mean, I've voted TCU third in my preseason poll. I would imagine ticket sales have skyrocketed this year.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, that's not yeah that's not an issue yet. Ticketing, ticketing is uh, has been uh, obviously the demand and request for this year is up, but also. Uh, this first game out of the block with Colorado. It's just crazy. I think there are going to be more media credentials issued for this game at TCU than any other in TCU history. I mean, I, they're coming out of the woodwork for this one. That, you know, And what did Colorado win last year? Like two games. But uh, folks are still coming out to uh, to see him play obviously with the new coach and the new excitement around it so that's going to be interesting to see but yeah there is a buzz around this program there's no question about that
1: so to wrap things up here brian tcu picked to finish fifth officially by the media with three first place votes in there even though there's a lot of different pieces but a lot of great things coming in out of the transfer portal and chandler morris is back healthy does this feel like this could be another sky's the limit season
2: I think so. And by the way, thank you to uh Wyatt Thompson and Brian Haney for voting T C one. Uh the uh but uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is one of those you know, I, I'm always try I always try to be a, a realist Mitch. And you know, last year at the beginning of the season people said, Hey, how many games do you think TCU will win? And I said, I think that I, I think they're good for six, but I'm gonna give Sonny two, so I'm gonna call it eight. And so I thought they would be an eight win team last year. And obviously they exceeded those uh those numbers by five. I think this team, just just looking at the talent, okay, just and and this is not based on breaks or you know the opponent or anything. Just looking at the talent, it looks like an eight or nine win team to me. So that would put it, I would think, in the top, you know, four or five of uh, of the Big Twelve. And it just feels like that. There's a there's an air of confidence, also a little bit of a point to prove that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke, and that game against Georgia surely wasn't a fluke, and so. I think that's on the, uh, the the shoulder of these guys as well. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how they come out of the block against Colorado.
1: And I got Wyatt Thompson uh, in studio on Monday, so I'll we'll maybe have to uh, break down that thank you a little bit. That's pretty funny, well, I, though. I, Brian Haney thrown in there as well.
2: You you, uh, you you better bring thirty chicken wings if you got Wyatt in the studio, man. You got to keep him fed that whole day. You
1: know? Well, that's his big Mexican uh, going out night. So uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, Brian, this is going to be a really exciting season for not just TCU but K State, and they're going to be meeting once again—a rematch uh, in Manhattan later this year. It's going to be a lot of fun, Brian. Thank you so much for your time and and uh, have fun this season. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: All right, Mitch. Uh, thanks for having me. All my best for the boys. That's
1: Brian Estrich, play-by-play voice of the TCU Horn Frogs. Let's uh, let's take a break, and uh, we're going to talk some betting in hour number two. But I want to actually start here in uh, in this next segment because I was looking at the Heisman. Uh, odds for this year. They've been updated. I got one you need to take. That's coming up next. It's hour one of the game. We continue with hour one with Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdell. AJ is now in the captain's chair. That means he has to talk. AJ, do you bet on sports? Quite a bit, actually. (laughs) We got another degenerate gambler in studio. I like it. Have you put a, a bet down or will you put a bet down on who's going to win the Heisman Trophy? You know, that's a great question. I, uh... well, I'm i telling you to turn down the music. Sorry. Can't hear you. Sorry ahead. about that. Yeah. Um, You know, that's a great question. Maybe I throw a little bit of money on Will Howard just for the heck of it. Well, you know, it's funny you bring up Trill Will. Because his name did come up in the latest uh, Heisman voting or Heisman odds, rather, Um, and I do have a Heisman vote, and uh, Will Howard is my front runner. Uh, But I was also checking out everybody else. FanDuel, I think, has the best list, as in they have the deepest list. It's crazy long, way longer than Caesars or DraftKings or whoever. And uh, I I prefer like the you know like plus four thousand type of. Odds other than like 14 to 1. I'd rather just have the plus 4,000 or whatever there. If it's plus 4,000, that means if you bet $100, you win $4,000. Um, if it was minus 4,000, then that means you have to bet 4000 to win $100. But um, well, I think there's a lot less math uh, involved in that kind of style. But uh, just going down the list, you know, AJ, I think is onto something here. Uh, because Will Howard's name is on the list at plus ten thousand. So what that means is, if you bet hundred bucks and Will Howard, when he wins the Heisman Trophy, you're going to win yourself ten thousand dollars. I say take that all day long, and you don't have to put hundred bucks down. Put a dollar down and win hundred bucks. Put ten dollars down, win a thousand. It's just a dollar. It's just ten dollars. And Big Willie style is going to take the Cats a distance. Of course you go that route. Also who has 10,000, plus 10,000, is Jalen Daniels of Kansas. When it comes to the Big 12, the best odds is Quinn Ewers at plus 1,200. I do not think Quinn Ewers is the best quarterback in the Big 12, but Texas could be the best team in the Big 12 this year. And the Heisman Trophy, more times than not, is... What feels like more of a team award than an actual individual award. But here's this as well. First of all, this is interesting because sports gambling, not illegal in Texas. However, there's also another Texas quarterback that has better odds to win the Heisman than Will Howard, then Jalen Daniels, then Tyler Shuck, then John Rise Plumley then Chandler Morris, then Keaton Slovis of BYU. By the way, Dylan Gabriel at plus 4,000. Appropriate. Arch Manning has plus 8,000 to win the Heisman Trophy. He's not supposed to play this year. That is incredibly interesting to me, but I also think it's like, you know, this is probably pretty genius of the sports books if only though sports gambling was legal in texas but what that is going to draw is dumb money he has the manning name to him is the highest recruited player in this recruiting class i mean anybody that follows college football has heard the name arch manning because when it comes to recruiting class and when texas got him i mean in in big 12 land you didn't hear the end of it for a while and how Arch Manning is the future and that he's not going to play year one right away. Quinn Ewers is going to be the guy, but then Quinn probably off to the NFL and it's going to be the Arch Manning show. Arch Manning having that kind of odds and not going to be playing this year unless there's some crazy injury to Quinn Ewers is hilarious. By the way, the highest odds... For a Big 12 player to win the Heisman that's not a quarterback is pretty predictable. Xavier Worthy, wide receiver at Texas, plus 15,000. Let's take a break. We finish hour one after these words. Coming up in hour number two, we'll hear from uh, Mitch Harper, who covers BYU football. We we'll get a preview of BYU plus uh, the return of uh, well, it's football season, right? Starts tomorrow with uh, some college football, Notre Dame and Navy right out of the gate. I never heard like the uh, the tune before this before the songs kicks in. You know, I saw you both give me that look like an like a, I'm an idiot. Uh, let's go to soccer here to wrap up the first hour because I I found this video yesterday and it was extremely fascinating because I've never seen this before. It just so happens I stumbled across it during pregame of the K-State soccer match last night at Boozer. Lionel Messi, uh, is one of the most famous soccer players in the world. Just won a World Cup and now playing in the MLS in Miami. Soccer fans can be some of the craziest people when it comes to trying to meet their favorite soccer players. Rushing the field. Soccer has the biggest issues of people storming the field uh, than any other sport. So Messi is way ahead of everybody. Messi, since coming to MLS, and I'm sure this has been prior to this as well, has had a bodyguard with him every step of the way. Literally... Every step of the way from coming out of his house or coming out of a hotel. The bodyguard's right there at the hotel. Coming off the team bus into the stadium. The bodyguard's walking right there with him. And this is where it's – I've never seen this before. When the match is literally being played and Messi, who's a Ford, is on the pitch and playing, that bodyguard is on the opposite sideline from the benches and is walking the sideline the entire match. And it has already happened where fans have rushed the field in Miami to just try to get a selfie or just touch one of the greatest soccer players of all time. But guess who's right there to intercept this crazy fan? The bodyguard who's a former U.S. Navy SEAL and a black belt in like karate, taekwondo, jiu-jitsu, basically everything you can imagine. He's an expert. Coming up next... BYU preview with Mitch Harper and so is your local news stick around it's the game on KMAN.